On today's episode of the TV Yearbook, we discuss plumbing tips, how to impress women of the 80s, and grown men in diapers. So don't touch that dial. The TV Yearbook starts now. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 4 of The TV Yearbook, a podcast about the best and worst episodes of iconic television shows. I am your first host, James. And I am your second host, Greg. In each episode of The TV Yearbook, we'll pick a popular TV show from the past, use the internet to discover its best and worst episode, and then we'll discuss them with the lens of today. And just like your high school yearbook gave those wonderful superlative awards, such as Best Dancer, or Least Likely to Become a DEA Agent. Mm. At mm. the end of this show, <laughs> we will share our superlative awards. Yeah, you all know who that was in high school. I do, I feel. <laughs> right, Dom? That is right. And I am your third co-host, Dom. Uh, anyone new to the show... In season one, we looked at 80s crime-fighting TV. Season two looked at 90s sci-fi. Here in season three, been reviewing shows from the TGIF lineup. And our show today is a peculiar story about a man and his long-lost, ethnically ambiguous cousin who invited himself over to stay one night, and that turned into almost a decade. The show ran for eight seasons as a series of running gags and nearly continuous comedy of errors. It was thrice Emmy-nominated, <laughs> taped in front of a live audience. Our show today is Perfect Strangers. Before we get to the show, we want to take a quick moment to let you know that if you like what you are hearing, you can support us at patreon.com slash the TV yearbook. Supporting us gets you early access to our episodes, lets you give input on future seasons, or a special shout-out in the show. Regardless... You can find us on all the major social media sites, and we'd love to hear from you. Perfect Strangers Mm -hmm. follows Wisconsin native Larry Appleton as he moves to the big city of Chicago and is unexpectedly greeted by Balky, a cousin that he did not know about, from the eastern Mediterranean island of Mipos. Mipos. Mipos, sorry. And then he moves in. Mm. Balky is a simple shepherd man that charms the audience with his hazy references to American pop culture and his dance of joy, which he performs with Larry from time to time. The show chronicles these two crazy bachelors as they navigate the adventures of life and love, liberty, and something else. And longevity. (laughs) Perfect strangers indeed. Uh So we start with our best episode, which is season three, episode 17, Pipe Dreams. Pipe Dreams. And Greg is going to give us a 90-second, a hard 90-second recap. Yeah, we can do this. I think so. We begin in Balky and Larry's apartment. The girlfriends, Marianne and Jennifer, stop by. They're flight attendants heading toward Paris for the weekend. Jennifer asks Larry to call the plumber to confirm the appointment to fix her shower. Larry calls the plumber and cancels, despite Jennifer's very specific request. <laughs> Balky is concerned because he doesn't think that Larry has the skill to replace Jennifer's bathroom shower head. Larry's super cocky about it, and he incorrectly tells Balky that this is what women actually want. He begins the work, and Balky was right. Larry breaks the shower head off, punches holes in the wall, makes a big mess. But eventually, the shower head is ostensibly installed. When he turns on the water, however, water shoots out of the bathtub, the sink, and even the toilet. It's a nightmare. 
But they get it all cleaned up and head back to their apartment, which is right below the ladies' apartment. The girls come home after their plane trip, and they all share a glass of California wine together in the living room. The bathroom upstairs begins leaking, and then a ton of water falls on the foursome below. They call the plumber. It's going to cost a lot. Jennifer wonders why Larry did that, and he said he just wanted to be macho. And The episode ends with Balky telling Larry that he should just be himself. It's true. And Pipe true. dreams. Pipe dreams. It's true. TJF ending. Yeah. Well, let's start with a bright spot for this show. The mm. theme song. Wow. Is that I felt like I was watching the episode right there. I felt Sometimes. yeah. I is, this, is it on right now? I had a flashback. <laughs> PTSD. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Actually. <laughs> Post traumatic bulky syndrome. <laughs> oh God. Man, I think it's a great theme song. Yes, I it's love it. Fine. Oh, this yeah. is one of the great theme songs. It really? Re- yes. I've uh, said that about most of our episodes. You say that a lot. <laughs> but this, I'll tell you what. Here's what it is. You want to know the truth? I do. Yes. It was probably 1995, and the older brother came home with three CDs, mm-hmm. and they were television greatest hits. Oh. And, but. <laughs> They were the theme songs. So right, obviously. television's greatest theme song hits. Yes. And we sat in the room in the back with mom and everybody was in there and we were guessing what the theme song was. Oh. And this is like one of the great nights in my memory. And so all of these theme songs go back to that one great family night. Amazing. And this is one of them. And this is one of it them. It made the cut. Whereas Hundreds of other shows yes. did not. True story. So I don't know. Yes. That's and fine. Dom, I'm not going to let you keep me down anymore because nothing's going to stop, stop me now. I did not like the show or the song. <laughs> wow, you're just coming out swinging already. Yeah, so just I'll let should, someone else take it. Should we make the announcement to begin with <laughs> to start this episode that... Watching these two episodes, I don't ever want to feel like that again. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. The, seem, the theme song did seem like the brightest light. Well, it I mean, might it, be it, the bright spot. It really was. But there ha- there are positives. I am going to attempt to bring out the positives. Oh, okay. Because there has to be. Listen, come on. I think you're overestimating your influence. This was sure. a popular show. It, has, it was a popular show. It was eight show. seasons. I mean, that is well, well beyond the average. Yes. Well, the show starts out with the basic premise of Guy is trying to impress girl mm-hmm. uh, by doing kind of ridiculous things where Larry wants to do the plumbing for himself to impress her. And I just was wondering what what kind of lengths did you all go to to impress other girls? I ran track in high school, and by ran track, that means I did the 100 and the 200 races, sprints, mm-hmm. but I also threw shot put. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of ambiguous body. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had a crush on a, a gal that was a year older, and she was like an awesome pole vaulter. And I thought to myself, I should pole vault. <laughs> and so a great track I, asked team. The, I asked the track coach, like, any more poles? He's like, I think we, how much do you weigh? I'm like, not important. And <laughs> he's like, try this one. And I went for it, learned all the things it's out there right alongside of her, went for it and did crack the pole going up. And then they did not let me try any other poles. I don't know if that's a good answer or not. 
That's but, something. Uh, yeah. That it's is something. I didn't get hurt. No, I I think it's very clear to everyone. Even if you're just listening and have never seen me before, <laughs> that upper body strength is probably not the greatest strength of Greg. Look at that thing. It's hideous. A, a disembodied head and a pair of arms and a, just a spring for the body. How does it digest its food? And because of that, uh, any sort of impressing of the ladies would have to be from, uh, from perhaps them. a running, uh, a leg standpoint. Oh, per se. yeah. Say from the mind. Or oh. from the heart. Okay. Well, I guess that could have been from the mouth. <laughs> uh, the, my, the only one. The that old I can think leg, of, mind, you're, mouth. You're, <laughs> you're saying that the only way you impressed the ladies was from what's below the waist. <laughs> that's not what I said. That that's kind of what you said. I had to. It took me a second I to said put legs. it together. I said legs, James. <laughs> <laughs> old tripod. Here we go. <laughs> you know, Jennifer. Felt good getting my hands on the old monkey wrench again. <laughs> I forgot how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, I impressed everybody. Let's continue. <laughs> well, watching Perfect Strangers, it made me remember one of the things I, went to, I did. It was the first concert that I went to. And I was going with a group of friends, but there was a particular girl that I wanted to impress. So before the concert, I mean, it's the first concert I've been to. I didn't you wrestled her. Uh, no, I did not. I did not do that. But I did go get my haircut. I got a distinctive haircut. Flock of seagulls. And if you remember Ivan Drago from oh, yeah. Rocky IV, oh, right? yeah. with the high flat top, high and tight. I rocked that. Yeah. For the Steve Miller Band oh. uh, concert, outdoor concert. Very good. At the time, the real long shorts yeah were in vogue so totally. I, went, I went and bought a pair of those you were guile yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bought a long pair of shorts that stopped about halfway up my shin yes um, you were like eyeing m bison from across the room I, uh, as he is heading toward the lady too <laughs> watch me do this and you know i thought it went well like we go to the concert we all had a great time mm -hmm. you know i wasn't on my own I was with a group of friends safe and so i called the girl up the next night yeah and uh, i asked her if she wanted to go out and her response was no thank you oh <laughs> very polite in quotes no thank you which Hold part on. was in quotes family matters oh I know. I know i love you thank you it's no problem if you yeah, just love out. her more, and she had, <laughs> if, you, if she had a guardian angel looking out for her, it could have been different. Could have been different. If you don't know what we're talking about, feel free to check out Family Matters episode <laughs> of the TV yearbook because it was a wild ride. <laughs> Good, because I'm emotionally drained. Oh boy! <laughs> Did you guys catch when Larry says, "I'm going to fix the showerhead myself"? Yes. Balky says, When it comes to plumbing, you don't know Bo Diddley. For the character that's supposed to not know anything American, he's using a phrase that seems old-timey American, right? Or is, is believe, that not a phrase? No, I believe that is just the writer's way of, de of demonstrating that Balky's new to the country. He hears something and he messes it up. I recall that this is a common theme throughout. He'll get a common phrase, Hungry Correct. need a horse. I'm starving to eat a camel, you know? I like, see. Okay. Kind of things. <laughs> Got it. Okay. No? He was saying you know diddly. 
Yes. yes. That's what he's trying to say, but he, he uses a musician who he shouldn't know, is Why my not? point. Bo Diddley. The whole thing is that he knows these important icons and references of pop culture, but he's so foreign, he can't keep them straight. Okay. I think that's what it comes down Bo, to. Bo, Bo Diddley is a famous enough it person. Was, it was one of the more humorous things, but I think the real intent for this episode was physical comedy. And I don't know what it is about these two guys in the bathtub. Excuse me. These two guys who are working on the shower <laughs> with clothes on in the bathtub <laughs> as they try to sharing the honeymoon. It did screen. get wet. <laughs> as they fix Jennifer's shower head. And the rapport that they have with one another, I think it's meant to be good, but I don't know, during this entire situation where the bathroom pretty much explodes, lots of physical comedy, but I don't know. Do, is this the best that we can come up with when it comes to physical comedy? If this is the best physical for this show, which is which, as you're saying, has a ton of physical comedy, yeah. that's part of its shtick. This was weak sauce. Trash. <laughs> James. Or are there other examples that you can think of that physical comedy, which well, is hard. Which I mean, is I very think hard. I think Urkel is a great example of excellent physical comedy. I mean, I don't want to rehash Family Matters, but Jaleel White. <laughs> He is amazing in that character. Like his ability to transform his body into be Urkel and to do all the things that he needs to do. Like, I mean, it's he's one of the. I think Jaleel White, Jaleel White is one of the top physical comedy actors of that generation, of that decade. Interesting. That so, tell me who is the epitome? Like, what character, what actor is, would be the epitome? I mean, of, I think they're all a little bit different, but I mean, I would put Michael Richards, Kramer. He is up yeah. in oh, that he's list. Fabulous. Like, he's, he's phenomenal. I think yeah. Martin Short is Very phenomenal funny, at comedy. physical comedy. Yeah, true. So, um, I mean, but go, they're all like their own different flavors yeah. of it. Uh, but those would be some of the icons just off the top of my head. Yeah. Larry Curley and Moult. Larry oh, Curley the and three stooges, yeah. yeah. Lucy, Lucille Ball I had great physical comedy yeah, as well. True. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. He was good. So yeah. There's really good examples of physical comedy. It's just, I don't know, maybe it was the 80s, but this just wasn't doing it for me when it came to physical comedy. But the o- way. I think the, 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 my, my only defense of this being great relative to the episodes, which I haven't seen, would be the, the water scene in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That was not really. I mean, it's due to the design and, and people that thought of the different ways that water can shoot out of all the different places in the bathroom. Right. But the actors did a decent job working with that and making it pretty Well, awkward. I mean, it was predictable. I mean, from the very beginning, you know when Larry is being all super cocky that you know yep. everything is going to go wrong. You know that water is going to start squirting everywhere. I mean, it's pretty predictable. That was one thing that shocked me in watching the show was the predictableness of it. And I know that I've mentioned it in other things, but like this show seemed to be there were so many like one, two, three kind of jokes. Like I, I wrote one down uh, was when Larry is in the in the shower and Balky comes in. And he says, cousin, can I offer you anything? A tool? Uh, something else and a can of WD forty, mm-hmm. and then everybody laughs. Like, I didn't. Just I didn't know, think like, that was funny at all. One, two, three. Like because it's it just wasn't. two things, and then the punchline. Yeah. And I was just, and that was, I think, took the shine off. Was just 
I knew exactly what was going to happen. The funny, the funniest moments for me are their facial expressions. Mm-hmm. You know, where they they're two guys that are exaggerating their facial expressions. Uh, that to me was good. So in the bathroom, Larry asks for the hammer. Balky gives him the hammer, and he breaks the pipe that the shower has attached to. Yep. And then it cuts to commercial. Then you come back, and what do we see after the commercial break? Not only is the pipe broken, that's a problem, but there are <laughs> holes in the wall, holes in the <laughs> tile and the wall, exposed in places that would be extremely unnatural. Yes. And they're missing an entire apparatus, like an entire seven-foot-long pipe, and I don't know where it came from. The holes aren't that big. The holes are not big enough for a pipe that big to be Did out. Didn't make sense. Didn't make any sense. I mean, they're try- again, they're exaggerating, but it also is like, whoa. Like, I mean, we get it. He doesn't know what he's doing. But it did. It hit a little close to home for me because I try so hard to fix stuff at home, and I, I do have the problem of I got into this and it's too far and it's happened to me or I've had to call someone to come bail me out. No, I'm going to be doing it myself. No, you can't invite all your friends over to watch. I wondered if you guys had any examples like that where maybe it was a home improvement or a yard project, a car maintenance issue. Just landscaping that we start and then like, eh. Forget it. I'll just pay for it. Whatever. <laughs> you you bring the stones over because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I can't lift these rocks. Yeah. <laughs> and put them over there with those other rocks. Yeah. Not gonna work. Yeah. No. I've had. Uh, we had a pipe burst this last spring, which of course is terrible because you don't realize that a pipe is burst until you turn the faucet on. Mm. So that really sucked. Mm. Uh, and then my daughter's bedroom was basically unlivable for about a month and a half oh it took me to like tear the wall out replace the faucet replace the pipe and then drywall it all back up yeah but you didn't have but you succeeded it took a long time and you can ask melissa there were (laughs) holes in the wall (laughs) lots of there was a giant hole in the wall uh that i had to deal with and there was a lot of swearing on my part (laughs) to which i would leave and melissa's like what are you saying in there? I'm like, it's not important. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not about you. <laughs> yeah, I have. I've had several projects. Once we had a, a house that needed insulation in the attic, and I was like, "How hard could that be?" It's terrible. And I went up there without a mask. This is this oh is oh my gosh. Yeah, and uh, I, and I was like, I just put it together, and I was like, oh, I'm coughing so much. <laughs> like, oh. what is what is going on? And I'm like, imagine gosh, breathing like, in uh, fiberglass dust I, would I, aggravate your lugs to such I a bought a mask. I just forgot to put it on. And <laughs> so I had it. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? But so the damage was done. Uh, just you feel stupid. It's did you basic ever, stuff. Did you sneeze afterwards and see the fiberglass? I in saw the black, yeah. gross, oh. alien blood yeah. type infection. It was, But, you know. I made it. You can probably get in on one of those daytime television class action lawsuits about mesothelioma or something like that's that. That's a good yes. idea. If this podcast doesn't pan out, that's my that's plan B. <laughs> Have you or a loved one been in an attic with insulation with no mask on because you forgot to put the mask on? <laughs> what did the direction say? Directions? <laughs> I threw them out. My father has made it through his whole life without ever reading a set of directions. He once rewired the entire house without directions. 
Isn't that the house that burned to the ground? <laughs> so in this bathroom scene, so they turn the water on, and it, the water goes everywhere. It's go, coming out of the shower, coming out of the sink, coming out of the toilet, and they're just a total mess. Balky is plugging the hole in the sink, mm-hmm. and then it comes to the toilet, or then he gets shot in the back with the stream from the shower. Yeah. I think like a you know complete horizontal, yeah. you know fire hose. Yeah, and then he starts wiggling. I didn't notice the wiggling until he sat on the toilet, and he continued. And he sat on the toilet, and that was probably the second bright spot after the theme song of this episode <laughs> because he was. Wiggling back and forth with a giant smile on his face. <laughs> his facial expression was gleeful. It at, was. At this supercharged it bidet. It made me uncomfortable. At, right. This would be the moment if we had a, a bidet sponsor <laughs> that we would give the live endorsement for it at this point in time. Or a tintillator, <laughs> male tintillator. Settle down. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but no, I agree that like when he was getting hit by the water stream from the shower, he got on the toilet. His facial expression was weird. There were a couple of bright spots in this water exploding bathroom, but it it just it was expected. Yeah. I think this is where that scene is the reason why this is considered the best episode. Is because of that. Well, that was 10 minutes. I mean, I will I will agree and I think we've made the point that the opportunity that was presented to them to do physical comedy in this setting, they didn't hit a home run. It, it really wasn't the best that it could have been. Uh, but it is one of, I think it is the reason why it's considered the best episode. Right. I'll never forget that toilet wiggle. <laughs> well, if you would just buy a bidet, you could have that every single day. I've told you it doesn't work it, for oh certain my gosh. bottoms. No, it does. You were doing it wrong. Listeners, you'll have to weigh in on our <laughs> poll on your opinion Greg, of what do you think? B- bidet efficiency. <laughs> the bidet... <laughs> The bidet. The bidet. Oh, yes. The bidet. The bidet. <laughs> <laughs> Finish the, that thought. The water pressure in the bidet. And the water pressure in the bidet. Needs to be turned up to 12 to receive the expression that Balky had in that particular. <laughs> we need to turn that into a gif because, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so, well, and the episode ends. They go back downstairs, and the water starts dripping through the ceiling because that's where the bathroom was because they live right below and then eventually all the water comes down well first the the water is dripping slowly while they're pouring wine and the ladies are on the couch and balky's noticing it and he's trying to get larry's attention and then he's got these wine glasses and the water's drip drip dripping he's holding the wine glasses catching the gross water from upstairs coming through the ceiling there's your mesothelioma in what culture is it okay to catch wine glass and then he gives it to them to drink i mean what's going on good because i'm emotionally drained (laughs) so why do you guys think this was the best episode i already said it oh that's good so james has said uh james has already said his piece no i mean it was that scene and i mean i think they were really trying to go for the whole i love lucy at the conveyor belt Mm -hmm. type of feeling just everything is going wrong instantaneously, mass chaos, running around. And what you said earlier about that, you said, I don't think it was a home run. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. But I think for that time, Larry and Balky, 
by this point in the series, they have built up such a reputation for the duo doing strange, crazy, and funny things together. This becomes hilarious based on the antics that they've gotten into in the future episodes. So I would probably say that, even though to us, it's like, oh, this is funny. But I do think that people loved it back then because of that reputation they had. So that's probably why it's the best episode. So are you saying that... Yes. No. Maybe. (laughs) So you're saying that because we have been... We have dropped ourselves into the middle of this show, that that could be the reason why this scene in this episode didn't resonate as much as maybe it should have, Mm -hmm. whereas if we had been watching it from pilot to this, it would have hit a little bit harder? Is that the point you're trying to make? I think it would have hit a little bit harder, but I still think it's an era thing, an era problem that we're talking about. You're being relative to other shows. This was a strong showing. Oh, yeah. I bet compared to other shows, this was a very, very strong showing. So I... I don't. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean by era. Expound on that a little sure. bit more. Just what so, do you mean by era? Let's talk about. Let's say when we're above the age of twenty-five. So let's talk about like the last ten years, and when we really reached adulthood, especially when it came to entertainment and what we want from entertainment. Like think of the shows over the last ten years that have come out, and they are just so drastically different than someone who would have been born in nineteen sixty and would have been turning twenty-six the year that Perfect Strangers came out. The eras make a difference. Whether you're born in 1965, you're born in 1985, that era is going to play a huge role in how you view this episode, especially if you're viewing it fresh. So someone born in 60, they're going to like it a lot more than somebody born in 80, so, who is the same age. So here's a question. Do, was someone who's born in 1960, would they find the physical comedy of Buster Bluth <laughs> funny? Oh, Yeah. Because I think, but they've been there for the entire evolution of comedy, Here, the evolution of sitcoms. I, I think the, the reason this is a likable show for those that like it, there's a generation of people who watched, like we said, I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, those kinds of shows, Bob Newhart, and then they get into the 80s and they still need something to watch, right? <laughs> and this is the show that maintains that thread, Laurel and Hardy, those kinds of you know duo you know, it's a live audience, and so there's some shtick, you know, that's just circulating. I mean, I'm trying to think of other comedy shows. You got Alf. Three's Company has physical Three's comedy. Company, yeah. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That would have been another strand in the thread, probably. Probably so. So, I don't know why this is... I don't know why I didn't like it, but I didn't. I, I will say I've seen one other episode, and it's the pilot. And I found the pilot to be more enjoyable than this episode, as far as drawing me in, mm-hmm. interested in, in continuing to watch. This one, not so much. Sure. I don't know why. But clearly, someone watching in California with a water crisis would have a certain reaction. We have a shortage here. and Look yeah. what they're doing in Chicago. <laughs> you know, it's not fair. Lake Michigan's huge. <laughs> it, had, it had a couple of things that I thought were noteworthy. You have Larry's kind of like inflated masculinity and, mm-hmm. you know, men, women want this and she didn't say it, but she really means it. It had all of those vibes, which they try to turn into comedy. And I think watching today, we are in, at a different place now where we, it's like, that's nah, not really. I've heard that. I've mm-hmm. seen that. And now I've seen the dark side of that. And I don't want to kind of mess around with that anymore. One thing I really like, the two ladies, they had these faded jeans. Yeah. The bleached, the bleached jeans. Great. Didn't it notice. Look great. Their feathered hair. Yeah. 
and at, it was it was perfect for the era. The one thing is right. they had like high heels on. Yeah. And I don't know. I never saw that all together. But uh, they high definitely heels and jeans. high heels, jeans. All right. I don't a, know. It's a it's a I, great look. It's it looked great. I, they, they looked fantastic, fabulous. Didn't and notice. the the woman that Larry is trying to impress. Her name is Melanie Wilson. Okay. Who, when I saw her, I was like, I know that I know her from something, <clears throat> and it wasn't Perfect Strangers. Uh, so I looked her up, and it's just. All of the game show bloopers that I watch on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. She was a frequent participant of the $100,000 pyramid. Oh, really? And that's where I knew her from. So she okay. was just on that. Fun fact. A lot of times. I'll go. And that's yeah. where I knew her from. I don't know why she goes for Larry. The pairing doesn't seem quite right. Well, it was written into the show. Oh, really? Yeah. How so? Oh, God. The writer said, all right, Jennifer, Jennifer you're, you're gonna going go to be into Larry. With Larry. <laughs> okay, okay. And it's I not going to make sense. Maybe he saved her life or something, or <laughs> well, there was be, some, she knows? has a vision you, problem. You I don't, don't know. know his family anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to fall in love with this guy. Does it make sense? Just don't, don't, Just don't question well, it. Well, maybe, and we will find out for what we're going to talk about in the worst episode, that maybe that's why they ended up together. I don't know. Wow. But before we get to the worst episode, Greg has a new craft soda. What is this? I've yet to see this. I pulled it at random from the uh, fridge. Okay, good. And we have... It is bright. Billy's Bubble Pop. Oh, uh, okay. Grape. That is oh. a grape flavor, huh? That's It is yellow. neon electric yellow. It is, it is exactly <laughs> like this. this might, a, a, it could be a white grape. A, pi, a, pi, like a pinot. like I was going to say Pinot. That's something else. <laughs> so let's pour this right here. Don't Google that, kids. All right. Billy's Bubble Pop Grape. I'll take a little sip. And take I the will... first sip. I'm going to watch your face. Pinot Grigio. He's thinking about it. Confused. Ooh, there was a little Perplexed, flash of uh, anger. Satisfied? Uh, Curious. All back of these on, are fine. Back to being satisfied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's curious because it's yellow. It is. It is yellow. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't... Uh, looking forward to enjoying this. The first sip was was pretty cool. Okay. Well, uh, before you drink any more of that, Greg, you are going to take us on an adventure mm. through the plot line of the worst episode, which is season seven, episode 16, titled, Yes, Sir, That's My Baby. <laughs> oh, God. So the episode begins with Larry fixing a toaster. Balky comes in with blue baby booties that Jennifer, Larry's girlfriend, has been knitting. Larry immediately assumes that Jennifer is pregnant with the boy and that he's going to be a dad. Balky wonders if he and Marianne had a boy too, and then they both imagine what it would be like if they both had baby boys. And then we go like a... And... The adult Larry and the adult Balky are putting their kids to bed, and then they exit into the hallway. <clears throat> we zoom in on the nursery, and there in the nursery, inside a giant crib, are the actor that plays Larry and the actor that plays Balky, but they are in onesie jammies, and they are playing two-year-olds. They proceed to suck their thumbs, they play with stuffed animals, escape their crib, play with a seesaw, do a number of other things. It goes on like this for about 15 minutes. 15 minutes. <laughs> 
Eventually, the adult Larry and Balky look into the nursery, and the babies have flipped the crib, and they're in crib jail now. Yeah. And then we leave this weird scene, and the end of the episode ends with Jennifer telling Larry that it's her cousin who is pregnant. But they could start trying right now if Larry would just put that darn book down and turn off the lamp. So Larry hurriedly turns off the lamp, but he knocks it over, and the episode ends in the dark. And that is our worst episode. Wow. <laughs> Does that sound like an appropriate summation of the worst episode? I it th- is. I think you did a little bit too much justice for that episode. <laughs> it was. Sorry, it so was much well justice done. that it was unjust. <laughs> yeah, two negatives equal positive, that kind of deal. Uh, so this one, this one was a rough one. Yeah, I this will one gladly rough. admit it. That first, that first scene, you really think I didn't read the episode description, but they're sitting there talking. There's baby. You see, if you can feel it coming, right? He's. I found these little booties, Balky says to Larry, and it was supposed to be a surprise, but I want to make sure you know to not disappoint with your reaction because they're not going to fit you. Uh, in that, <laughs> that's when Larry says, "Oh my gosh, it's not for me. It's get, we have a baby. They're blue. I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna be a dad." It just was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> then Balky tries to put these baby booties on Larry's foot, and it's just really ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Balky says, just dip them in something. Maybe some kind of saline solution. <laughs> it's like, what? Dom, you chuckled at that line when we watched it. I did, because it was so ridiculous. And then I yeah, chuckled was, at you. That was funny. I did chuckle a little bit. Yeah. But in that that scene where they're talking about expecting uh, mothers and doing what my father did, it was, I don't know, just disappointing. Like It went back to that same, I'm going to tell a joke. It's going to be a one, two, three kind of thing. Like Balky has, when his country, when women are expecting, they're expected to dig a deeper well. One. Bigger laundry basket. Two. Pre-chew more meat. It's like, oh, okay. Three. And then right after that, they go right to another one where Larry's like, you know what? I'm just going to do the same thing my father did. We're going to be pals. One. We're going to communicate. Dos. And when he builds that soapbox derby, I'm going to tell him it's not good enough. Yeah. Three. Like, oh, oh yeah. I don't know why I'm surprised. I don't know why it depressed me so, but it's like this is the formula of the show. And I don't know. I guess once you just get into that kind of habit of writing, you just can't get out of it. That's the style of Miller Boyette. To go back to something or to go forward into something that I found funny since Dom found the saline solution line funny. When they were in their cribs acting like two-year-olds, there was a moment where they're playing with this cat, stuffed cat. Stuffed cat. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Larry (laughs) grabs it by the tail. They're fighting over it. And he starts whipping it around in circles, just going, (laughs) then he throws it. That was the only time I laughed. That and wasn't that was funny a, to me. That was a genuine laugh. Really? Just because as ridiculous as it was that they were just acting like two-year-olds, there were a lot of relatable things, having had two-year-olds at one point in time, of doing these silly things, of you know screaming and crying bloody murder. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't stop crying, Mr. Cuddly Bunny's going to beat the living daylights out of you. There were some bright moments. Mm. Uh, I, your usage of the word some is quite liberal. <laughs> but I don't know. Just the entire 
the entire ordeal of them in the onesies, dressed up and acting like two-year-olds. It was, I don't know, I felt embarrassed for them as actors a little bit. Um, it was hard to watch. It was it was hard to watch. And leaving the baby stuff aside for just a second, and I just want to talk about Larry. I think Larry's got a real problem. Alcoholism. Like in, <laughs> <laughs> you put down the drink, man. <laughs> Larry's got a real problem. When I was growing up, I always remember that Larry was like a bit arrogant. But in these two episodes... Gosh, Larry's, I'll just say it, he's misogynist. I don't like saying it. In the first episode, when Jennifer's like, call a plumber, and he's like, I know what you mean, baby. It's like, you want me to fix? It's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's got props. It, it was mansplaining at best. Yeah. When he's like, no, 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 this is what women do. They pretend like they need help. And it's not the actor. It's not Mark Lynn Baker who has written these things. But it goes back to what somebody said earlier. How in the world did Larry get Jennifer? Jennifer is smart. Jennifer is beautiful. Jennifer is just what appears to be a great person. Mature. Mature. Mm -hmm. And just from these two episodes, and I'm not even talking about the two-year-old baby stuff. I'm leaving that aside completely. But Larry is just not those things. And that's what really, really bugs me because growing up when I watched this as a really, really young kid, I saw Larry was the straight man and Balky was the goofball and then, you know, hijinks mm-hmm. ensue. But I left this episode not liking Larry at all. I felt toward Larry like James feels toward Ferris Bueller. It's like, this guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is... Get him! Is a... <laughs> Is a jerk, and so I think Larry's got a problem, and I don't think Jennifer necessarily well, deserves. I mean, him. She it just it follows the Wait. TGI. <laughs> he doesn't deserve Jennifer. Ah, there we go. She, right. yeah, yeah. He doesn't deserve her. He doesn't deserve her. But that's the TGIF formula. Yeah. Like Corey does not deserve Topanga. Even more so. No one does. Yeah. And Laura definitely doesn't deserve Urkel. They're Urkel not, doesn't deserve Laura. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. Laura does not deserve right. to be tortured uh, by Steve Urkel we're mixing all up, day. You know yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you catch what we're doing. Listeners, yeah. you understand. Yeah, you understand. Like that's, that's what it's all about. Well, I think in this show, the intent was to show you have this immigrant coming to the United States. From Mipos. From, yeah, from some, <laughs> some Mipos. mythological country that doesn't exist in Eastern Europe. And that his cousin, who's an American, is supposed to help him learn the culture. What you find, though, is that the comedy is that Larry is even more naive or equally naive in a different way than mm-hmm. his immigrant cousin, who actually has more wisdom, even though there's lots of errors, than his American-born cousin. Agreed. It was not a good episode. It was hard to watch. So, gentlemen, why was this the worst episode? Well, we've kind of hit on it with the last episode. These were really two episodes that catered to physical comedy and don't want to be negative, but these two guys are not the best physical comedians and it just did not cater to their skills. I think a lot of their skills are in their banter and just how they compose themselves, but just the acting like babies and waddling around and doing those types of things. It's lazy. It's lazy writing. You're depending on the actors to do the slapstick comedy mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, to your point, like the one, two, three, you know, it's like. What the know. heck is wrong with me? What the <laughs> heck is bothering me? Oh, I'm sorry. You're getting it wrong. This is a very important line to me. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I cut off James. Did you make your point? Yeah, I think I did. I cut off you. Did you make your point? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess the best episode, the two girls weren't in it for that very long. But like this episode, like it really was just them two. Yeah. The, the I very mean, end. Jennifer had maybe 15 seconds on screen. But for yeah. the entire episode, it's just those two. And I think you miss out on something when you have all of these supporting characters in a show for a reason, to help carry the show, to add diversity, to right. add more comedic elements, or at least comedic potential. And so just with these two, like you just don't have a lot of room for error. You don't. So, And I, I hated the set design because they made them, of course, they're adult men, <laughs> and they made a huge crib that they're crib. sharing. And huge toys, like they were not to scale for a typical baby. They were just... Trash. It was like a Gallagher set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there was a line that Balky said in the middle of them, you know, going back and forth, which is another thing. They had their exact, precise adult language, not baby language. But anyway, he says, You know, this argument is a lot like diaper rash. I've had it before, and I know I'm going to have it again. That's not funny. <laughs> But people laughed. The people apparently laughed. People laughed. Know. They must have had something in the water that day. The laugh track laughed. We could say that. It it's wasn't a live a audience. It was a live audience. It wasn't a laugh track. But they know they're supposed to laugh. True. There's I'm sure, I'm sure there's a sign that says, there's a sign that goes off. please laugh. For this episode, there was a sign. There had to be a sign. <laughs> please clap. So how do we know this episode was bad? And I'll just ask you two. So listeners, uh, we watched this together. We did. My question is for you two, James and Dom. Mm-hmm. How many times did I fall asleep while we were watching this episode? Okay, the episode was 21 Four, minutes long. Yeah, yeah. 21 minutes long, and I think you were asleep by minute 9? And 11 and 13. <laughs> <laughs> and minute 17. We had to keep waking you up. And the show kept... I think the, funny, the show kept going to commercial break. And then... It would come back, and they're still doing the baby stuff. And like, multiple times, we're like, we're still doing this. This is still what we're on. <laughs> well, I kept waking up hoping for something different. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, I'm sorry, listeners. I, I will admit a fault that I fell asleep. I dozed off. I didn't fall asleep. I dozed off. You were definitely asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, let's talk about the show as a whole. I think we have a lot of different things. But this is a legitimate question. I don't mean this facetiously. Watching these two episodes, how did this show make eight seasons? This was an incredibly popular show. It was never a knockout hit, but it was always high in the ratings. It always won its time slot. The only time in the history of this show that it really went down in ratings was when TGIF, or I should say when ABC, tried to create a TGIF feel on Saturday nights. And the ratings dropped. And then they decided to move it back to Fridays. But before they did that, they ran reruns of the show. And the reruns on Friday night won back their time slot. Oh, really? This was an incredibly popular show filmed in front of a live studio audience that got genuine laughs. Why was this show funny? to a large audience then, and we watch these two episodes and maybe laugh 
two times. Now, are you going to be a friend or are you going to stand there and insult my family? <laughs> so, I was watching TGIF mm -hmm. as a six-year-old. Older brothers were several years older, so when you're the youngest kid, you'll get to watch stuff sooner than your older brother probably would have at the same age. And in the mind of a six-year-old, the shows were Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, mm -hmm. or Dinosaurs. And then finally at 8.30 Central, that's when Perfect Strangers came on. And the way my six-year-old self viewed it was Family Matters and Full House were almost the, the kid shows. But then Perfect Strangers, this was the flagship show anchoring, anchoring that TGIF lineup. So I believed that I was watching, number one, the most adult of shows, mm. number two, the coolest of shows, and number three, the most popular of shows. It was. I didn't mention this. I forgot it. This show also had multiple foreign versions that mm. in other countries they recreated this show and when they didn't do that, this show was also translated into at least, that I could find, 10 different languages. Wow. <laughs> so this was popular around the world. And I think there's a couple of elements that might make it more popular. The stuff that I just mentioned, it was more adult and therefore seemed, seemed a little more popular for that key 18 to 45 demographic. But if you really want to get down to it, the story of Balky is the story of America. Oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going to play some patriotic music in the background during this part. On the boats and on the plane. So Balky <laughs> comes to America in the theme song, You See the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It's yeah. right there. It's He's there. on the boat, although I don't think it was an actual boat. Uh, I think it was a green screen. Oh, oh wow. Like it was the same yeah. boat in <gasps> this a pirate's is, uh, life for the me. old phony boat bit. <laughs> before the TV, <laughs> TV budgets were huge. <laughs> Gosh, you look at this story of an immigrant coming to the United States, but, you know, albeit in a family-friendly, goofy, whimsical way, I mean, what's not to love about that? Because there's that spirit of immigration, that spirit of America, even though it's goofy. I didn't think of this, but Mork and Mindy is this exact, not exact, but pretty, the, pretty close dynamic. The creators of this show also created Mork and Mindy. And there it's an alien, an actual alien. Yeah. And so no one's really taking offense. They did it. I guess that probably was why they made up the, the country. It was <laughs> yes. generally ambiguous European, but no, no actual country was associated with this. But. It felt a little Greek. I think that was the thing that I read online that someone said it was supposed to be a Greek island, I kind see. of, but yeah. somewhere in the Aegean well, Sea. Well, the, the actor for the show... Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. He got basically this gig because of his role in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, yes. Where he played, Serge. He played the art. Stylist. The stylist? Or I thought he was an art museum. Oh, maybe, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Art museum. And, yeah. His, I'm thinking of Martin Short from Father of the Plot. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. His, yeah, his, I think, quote, unidentified accent is yeah. really what stood him out to the creators of the show, and yeah. that's why he was cast for it. And it this show was really rushed into production to to get it in because, like, they really wanted him. They really wanted this idea, and, you know, they were originally just going to have a couple episodes, but then the spot opened up for this new time slot, and the creators just, like, just kicked it into overdrive and really, like, just pushed the huh? show to, to get out there. Well, I, I just have a lot of emptiness as I sit with this show. To me... It's a show, kind of like Dick Van Dyke, where I, I enjoy Dick Van Dyke, but I'll fall asleep to it because it's so it's predictable. 
It's mm-hmm. safe. It's not over the top. So you would not watch more of the show? Only if I needed a nap. It is very easy. In fact, you can have a really enjoyable nap, I have found. <laughs> See, <yeah. laughs> uh, I can't watch more of the show because of Larry, though. I've, He's, I've been really yeah. negative on this, and yeah. it's not my style. I don't like it. But Larry, your arrogance, it's one of my least favorite qualities in person. Just the dripping arrogance and sexism, really. It was just a bad look. So Wait, I can't watch more of it now. It's I the writer. Like As you said, it's the writers. It's not the, yes. it's not the actor. I'm not blaming Mark. Or Bronson. Bronson's pretty fun. Anyhow, I remember yeah. loving Balky as a kid. Not me. I, I just I don't. Oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, he's the he he's Andy the, Kaufman. He's the Kramer of the show. Okay. He's the one guy that that's who you're watching it for. Yeah. yeah. Here's ahead. your hot take. I liked Balky better than I did than I liked Urkel as a kid. I liked Balky so Whoa. much better. No. Only yes, I did because well, I, I knew exactly what they were trying to do with Urkel, and I was like, I don't like that. But Balky almost seemed more genuine, even though he was goofy. Hmm. Like. It, it seemed more real. Urkel seemed like a caricature. So okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. Wow. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. So we all loved it. No. Yep. <laughs> all going to watch more. Right we're all going to watch more done. right after we're done here. We're going to turn it on and see how Larry and Jennifer ended up. No, I'm, I'm going to watch some Steven Seagal movies. Or going <laughs> <laughs> to pop on executive decision. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we talk about our awards? For those of you who are new to the TV Yearbook Podcast, we give out awards at the end of every episode. And our flagship superlative award is the Extra Mile, because it's a hard job acting in Hollywood. And many people pay their dues by being an extra. And when you're an extra and you're on screen for only five seconds, you need to make your mark. So this award goes to the actor that went above and beyond or went the extra mile to stand out in some way. So who has an extra mile for this award? James, I think we both have one. and I'm We do. And I'm wondering... I want you to go first. You want me to go first. Yeah, you go first. All right. Because then if it's the same, then I don't have to say anything. No. That's fair. And well, last time we had the same <laughs> we had the same <laughs> award, and you got to go first, and I was angry for weeks. <laughs> James, yeah. is it in the first part of the show? No. Okay, oh, then we don't have the same don't. one. We have different ones. Ooh. Excellent. Listeners intrigued. are very intrigued. My Extra Mile Award is given to a guy. Who appears in second one of the show. Second one. He is on the theme song. He is on the theme song. And since we are here, gentlemen, I can show you who it is. Because at the beginning of the show, we have lots of things going on in Chicago. They're running along Lakeshore Drive. They're Very Chicago-oriented. They're taking this boat ride. Mm -hmm. And it's the very first. And this is the season three theme song. The Extra Mile Award goes to a guy. That is standing right next to Larry and Balky on the boat. This guy. Whoa. Check nice. Out short those pants. Thighs. This guy right here. <laughs> why do I? Why is he getting my award, James? Why is he getting your award? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of different layers here. Very short shorts. How short? <laughs> I mean, I would say right where your two legs come together. Are where the shorts tall. end. <laughs> uh, they are very short shorts, Dom. What is another reason? He must be tucking. <laughs> In his shirt, because he's wearing a long sleeve shirt as well. Well, yeah. The shortest shorts, the longest sleeves, stand next to Larry. And my favorite part about him, he was not hired. He was not he's, hired he's at all. True, oh, he's true. just a guy. He's yeah. just a guy. Yeah. Wow. And he has no idea. And he was at the beginning of every 
episode of well, starting with season they three did, of they, Perfect Stranger. How do you know they producer. didn't hire him? He's probably a producer. All right, he's Miller. No, that's not Miller. That's Boyette. I don't know there what you're go. talking about, Mr. Boyette. We love your short shorts. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> well, Greg, that is an impressive extra mile because one thing about these two episodes is. There were no extras. <laughs> Not one. Uh, the the best episode only had four, and they were all regular cast members. Yeah. And the worst episode had three, mm-hmm. and they were all regular cast members. So, I mean, kudos I just, to finding had the, to go to the theme song. The guy that, that the is why maybe the extra. It all comes back to the budget. They're not hiring anyone else to do anything, so they're coming in under budget. <laughs> but as I sit and think about it, that my extra mile award might break the rules a little bit oh, because okay. it's about the individual who go above and beyond and after watching those two episodes i kind of feel like we deserve it okay i kind (laughs) of feel like we should get the extra mile award sure yeah of course (laughs) because to make it through those two episodes in the same day (laughs) yeah for those of you at home, Greg just smacked himself in the face with the microphone. <laughs> he got very excited about winning an award. <laughs> I'd like to thank. <laughs> oh. oh boy! So anyway, I like to give it to us. That's very good. I had so my I also am breaking the rules for my extra mile because again, there's no extras. I'm giving it to the set design person for the worst episode mm. for the uh, nursery, which was <laughs> incredibly exaggerated. <laughs> and, you know, the crib is too big. The ball is too big. The creepy Jack in the Box Ooh. was oh, disgusting. Yeah. It was just very. Uh, the buttons on the pajamas they were no, huge. Were like as big as their face. They're yeah. like oh. giant buttons. So somebody's going a little too hard there on the costume <laughs> design. Jeez. A little too extra in the extra mile. For real. For that set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just have one more award to give. It is because I do I do love the 80s. This specific award is Best 1980s Flight Attendant Hair. For anyone oh, yeah. who has seen any sort of glamour shots from the 1980s, you'll be able to picture the classic 80s hair. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about flight attendants, especially when depicted in media. Anything that's a part of the culture will immediately be accentuated and exaggerated by ten times. Right. So to picture Marianne and Jennifer as 1980s flight attendants for an airline, just picture those glamour shots from the 80s. That's your starting point, And then multiply it by 20. Yeah. And then you will get exactly what Jennifer and Marianne look like in that first episode when they're on their way to Paris. I just find them the quintessential award receiver for best 1980s flight attendant oh, hair. Yeah. Very good. I, I didn't think the hairstyles were that over-exaggerated. I would say, yeah, maybe not by a product of 10, but three. But you have to she also understand, I, am, I also spent most of my youth living in Texas. Oh, well, that was, yeah. That is pretty much how yeah. all the women you're, wore You're their desensitized hair. to, uh, to <laughs> yes. feathered hair. <laughs> all right. Well, um, no that was a journey. Going through this episode, I'm kind of at the end a little sad that we didn't like it more. Going into it, this was one of the shows I was most looking forward to. Not me. Me too. And um, I was finally right about a show. Finally. <laughs> finally. Yeah, you've been wrong, so terribly wrong about all the other shows we've done. A few. Especially Babylon 5. But Definitely anyway, before that. we uh, close out this episode, we want to remind you uh, that you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at at the TV yearbook, or you can email us at the TV yearbook at gmail.com. 
and you can find us on Patreon. Please reach out to us and let us know what you think of the show. And also, we would love it if you would rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. We do pay attention to those reviews and would love to hear from you. And speaking of reviews, Greg, uh, your Grape Man Soda, Billy Bob, Button Up, Billy's, Billy's Bubble, bubble pop. pop. Grape. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to say in the microphone. Billy's bubble pop. Billy's bubble of, pop. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of yeah. popping yeah. sounds in that one. These fine folks at the Blue Sun Bottling Company in Spring Lake Park, Minnesota. Oh, they are. They have produced quite a beverage here. Billy's bubble pop. First off, it is weird. It always remains weird when it's yellow and I take a sip and it's a grape flavor. Yeah, so that's, that's very very odd. It's I different. Just... So it's not a white grape flavor. Ooh, actually, you're absolutely right. That's what there's been something it's white that, grape. Yeah, like. Has been I think keeping I said it away. That. You did yeah. from the very moment you brought this soda white out, grape, yeah, and everyone just ignored me. I didn't laugh at you. Every, I didn't say ignored. That. I said ignored. I didn't say I didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're arguing about different things. This feels too close. No one said that you were ugly. <laughs> now, are you going to be a friend, or are you going to stand there and insult my family? <laughs> Thank you. That's what was missing because when you drink a grape soda, you always start with Welch's. That's kind of what in your mind what's about to happen. But what happened here, and I couldn't put my finger on it because it was just not purple grape. Mm-hmm. And then when you said, is it a white grape soda, which apparently you said hours ago. Yeah, I did. So my deepest Condolences. Apologies. We made a wine joke. or Pinot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pinot. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't hear you say white grape. So, but that's precisely what this is. Uh huh. Um, and it actually reminds me of a special kind of wine. It's called ice wine because whenever there's an early frost, it's also a snow cone. Is it? <laughs> whenever there's like an early frost or a late frost, I can't remember what it is. But the grapes have been produced. Oh, I guess yeah. they have like a shell of ice around them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What it does is it causes the fermentation to become like extra sweet. Uh huh. And then. They, it produces oh. ice wine, so you don't okay. get it every year. Look cool. at you, little and wine connoisseur. Yeah. I never even heard of that. This is yeah. I you was... didn't even know what a tannin was last episode. Yeah, still don't know. Should have looked that <laughs> up in between rats. <laughs> so I had it at a wedding one time. It was just unbelievable because it was so so sweet. Mm. So for your listeners, if you're wondering why I always have craft soda, it's because I I love sweet things and I love candy like things, and this tastes so much like candy. Okay, okay. and it is. Fantastic, and really? I prefer white grape to purple grape. I do too. This t- very much tastes like that ice wine without the consequences. Wow! So, to Billy's bubble pop, touche. This is this is the first review from you that I thought I think I'd like to try that. There we go. Yeah, look at that. Mainly because my review had substance. <laughs> <laughs>